Hello, boys and ghouls. Cat here. Welcome to our new series, Behind the Screens, where we'll explore the world of fear, shock, and horror by talking to tastemakers in the genre. We'll find out what makes them tick, what makes them scream, and let's be honest, probably spend some of the time just geeking out about horror movies. For our first episode, I will be talking to Daniel Montgomery, one of the sick and twisted brains behind the immersive haunt, Creep LA. Enjoy! Hi guys, I am here with uh, one of my favorite spooky friends, um, the man, the myth, the legend, Daniel Montgomery. I'm going to give a quick rundown of who you are, and you can <laughs> adjust that to your liking. So, sure. um, in, in case tell me who I am. <laughs> tell who me am all I your, here? Tell me all your thoughts on God. Um, <laughs> my, because I'd really like to meet her. Uh, so, Daniel is one of the creative directors of. Uh, one of the brand newest haunted houses to hit Los Angeles. I guess I should call it a haunt um, rather than a haunted house. It's we don't know. We still don't know what to call it. Right. Um, but I know what to call it. It's it's Creep LA, yes. and it premiered last year. Um, it hit the haunt scene in Los Angeles during uh, the haunt season of last year, 2015. Mm-hmm. As we're recording this. Um, Nerd Reactor called it, quote, one of the closest things to feeling like you're in a horror movie. Yes. Which I really agree with. Uh, Daniel also hosts uh, Welcome to Deadcast, which is the Goosebumps podcast, Mm -hmm. which is so much fun if you haven't (laughs) listened to it. And you don't have to have read every single book to get a lot of of entertainment or any of them. (laughs) Uh, because they, it's just the be- it's really just one of the funniest and best podcasts oh, around. Thank you. Um, but most importantly, I guess I I don't know I don't know why I'm putting the importance on this. But Daniel is a great actor. You've probably oh, seen him on TV. He's also a really incredible writer. Oh my gosh! Very thank very you. funny. Thank you. Anything else you want to just oh, trying to set up gosh, who that you about are? Covers it. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this and don't know who I am, my name's Kat. I host Boys and Ghouls podcast with. Marshall Hicks and this is a little bit of supplemental material we're offering right now to Boys and Ghouls listeners I wanted to sit Daniel down and kind of pick his brain about spooky stuff about fear about horror um my favorite thing to talk about. I just enjoy getting to know you a lot better, and I think you have a lot of great stuff to say about it. So great. So let's get into it. Sure. What scared you as a child, and why? That's a good question. Not a whole lot. Really? Not a whole lot scared me. Not a whole lot scares me still. Um, There was a period of time... Well, Blair Witch Project scared me more than anything's ever scared me in my life. Uh Uh-huh. And like you, I grew up with woods in my backyard. And there was something about the woods that really twisted me up good Mm -hmm. and scared me badly. There was this thing that happened... um, I think I was, I can't remember, middle school, and there was a kid that was murdered in our neighborhood. No. Yes. I didn't he know went this. Miss, he went missing a couple days before Halloween, and uh, he was his body was found a, a few days later, and he and he had been murdered. And part, <laughs> what? And part of, I think, I can't remember, 
I can't remember exactly what happened. Part of his body was missing. It's like half of his body was found in one location. The other half was found in another part. This is the truth. Are you? This is so grisly. And I remember being so very scared because Blair Witch Project had come out. I, and you knew it was the Blair Witch that had killed I knew him. it was the Blair Witch. It happened in our neighborhood, and we had just had the inside of our house painted. And we had to keep all the windows open <gasps> so, so the paint would dry. And I was—I remember thinking, that "I'm going to die. Well, I'm going to be murdered." Um, and that really scared me very badly when I was young. I remember being really traumatized by that. Of course, who wouldn't be, right? Right. And I asked my dad about it not too long ago because I was—I was like, "Is this did that really happen?" Because yeah. my brother Matthew didn't remember it. Um, he doesn't remember a lot of things, but, <laughs> but I remembered it. And and my dad said, "Yeah, that I remember when that happened." And I guess it would have been another kid that had. Um, <gasps> apparently they had been playing like hide and seek or some game where they're like making each other pass out that kind of thing no and the kid died did he then like chop him up and try to hide no yes, yes. that happened i'm dying it happened in my neighborhood that is completely so what terrifying. scared me the most when i was little that okay all right. Did you see any? Um, what? Okay. What was your first introduction to horror movies? Did you? Because ca- for me, I caught. You know, like my mom sat me down with my mm-hmm. brother and we watched Halloween. But but my mom considered Halloween kind of tame because it's just not. <laughs> I guess she did because it's not like bloody and gory and full of guts. And but I remember her specifically telling my brother like, "Don't show her because The Exorcist was coming on TV." And of course sure. he did. And I was way too young to see it. And it scarred me. Was the, Did you have an experience like that? I, I did. Um, I had a couple experiences like that, actually. My, my brother and I, Matthew and I, both grew up in, in, innately loving scary things, loving Halloween and witches and skeletons and pumpkins and jack-lanterns, all of that. We just were born with I've it. seen those pictures of you as tiny babies tiny with pumpkins. Tiny little tots. Little tots. Yes, we were born... We were just born with it. You and, were born with pumpkins. And, yes, and I... I, I have this desire to sort of um, understand everything and to anything that scares me a little bit. I want to understand it and I want to know everything about it. And and I want to be, I want to experience it all. So I remember when I was very little, we saw um, Jurassic Park. Oh, when yeah. Jurassic Park came out, I, I wanted to see it so badly. Now that's not necessarily a horror movie. Oh, but, but it, it doesn't have to be when you're a kid. There can just be something in it that really gets your gets your ghost. So I just saw the I saw um, the poster for it. Didn't know really much about it, but knew I had to see it. Yeah, knew this was scary. This was big, and I knew it was a you know this every is big kid. Stuff. Everybody wanted to see it, and I wanted to see it. So I I, I t- my dad took me to go see it, and within the first two or three minutes, if you remember there's that horrifying scene with the you don't see it but the velociraptor yeah and and i looked over at my dad i said daddy i can't like i can't oh, we no. have to leave like we have to leave and he's like you're gonna be fine just stay just you know just stick it out and i stayed and 10 minutes in i was all about it oh and can you imagine how different your life could be I can't. if terry had just I led cannot. you out of that theater so i and and i and i found myself kind of doing that with a lot of things you know wanting to Knowing that it scared me, but trying to like wrap my brain around and understand it, I saw Poltergeist three when I was very young, and that scared me very that badly. That is that is one of my very favorite horror sequels. I love Poltergeist three. It is 
It is not for children's it's eyes. Not. That movie is absolutely I saw, I saw petrifying. it way too young. I saw it on a stormy afternoon uh-uh, on TV. It really messed me up. I still, if I'm walking in a parking garage and I see big puddles of water, I, I will sidestep those because you know that it's goes rough. to another like dimension. It's rough. A horror dimension. Do you think, though, that like for you, parsing out what is trying to understand something that's scary, is it trying to... Um, demystify it so it's not scary anymore, or or no? Is it is it just more like you're trying to? I think it's yes. I think it's ultimately that. But I love the thrill of being scared, and and I want to understand it, but I also want it to scare me even more. Yes, you know. So it's half wanting to sort of demystify it, understand it, so my brain can process it and feel like I can accept it. The other half of me thinks. If I if I, I want to research it, I want to know everything about it, because I want to be as scared as I can possibly yeah. be. Yeah, like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, like how you and I know everything about Jeffrey Dahmer. Just I'm I I'm it, so, so sorry, Jeff. Just sweet Uncle Jeff. Yeah. Um, I was just I've been reading Helter Skelter, and just today was the first time I've read a lot about it. I know a lot about all the Manson murders. Been to the locations. Yeah, we have. Um. And today was the first time it really, listening to our reading, um, Susan Atkins' description of everything that happened in detail, Sadie Mae Glutes, everything that happened in detail, it's the first time I kind of felt scared, a little sick about it. Yeah. And and that was fascinating to me, because I was like, the more I'm learning about it, the scarier this is getting. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the, uh, I don't know, I think this is just my opinion, and I, I don't think it necessarily works this way for everyone, but for me... I've gotten a lot of weird reactions over the years. I don't know about you. Maybe it's because I'm a girl. When people find out I'm a horror fan, mm-hmm. they think they get a lot. Some people have that impression about horror people that they're, we're sick. There's something wrong with us. And I think most, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, wanting to learn more about that stuff, us going to uh, Cielo Drive to the um, Polanski estate, former Polanski estate, going to where the Tate LaBianca, or to, I'm sorry, where the LaBianca murders happened, it isn't about sensationalism. It's about grounding that in a reality and learning more about it because I think most people just kind of try to brush that stuff out of their minds. Mm -hmm. They go, well, that's just terrible. And, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. Um, and you're sick if you want to think about it. But I, you know, I I always come back to Stephen King tells this story in his uh, book on writing. He's talking about the introduction to it when he was a kid. I don't know. Maybe he was 10 there was a killer in the in New England, like somewhere around where he lived, and he cut the picture of the guy out of the paper, and he put it on the wall, I think in his bedroom, and his mom was like, why did you do that? And he said, I want to, I, there was something in his eyes, I wanted to learn and study so that I could see it in other people. Sure. Because he was so scary. Yeah. I think there's something in, I don't know about you, but for me, there's something in learning about that stuff that, um... It, it it just creates a gravity uh, for it where it really makes you appreciate the depths of darkness that people can go to. And to me, kind of, I don't know, helps maybe me, maybe I can learn about how, how people get to that point and sure. maybe protect myself, which is not going to help me at all, practically. No, m- where my brain always goes is is, um, is a Maya Angelou quote Yeah. that I won't get exactly right, but... Um, and also, we talked about this in acting class of mine. I'm I am human, so I'm ca- I am capable of all things. So, we you as a human being can't you I mean you can, but 
can't look at somebody like Charles Manson or Jeffrey Dahmer and say, I could never do that. Right. Because you could. Of course you could. Because you're human, so you're capable of all things. I could never think that. I could never say anything like that. I would never. You don't know. Yeah. You are capable of it. And that's so fascinating it to is. me. That's why I have a problem with people. With I don't like the word evil. I mean, I do when, like, Dr. Loomis is saying it. Sure. And it's a fun thing I to, like, like people think say about and evil. put in evil. Um, uh, but... In real life, I don't like that term. I don't like when people apply it to serial killers or just any kind of killer because I think that creates this mythos of them as like being this other, this thing that, that we can't comprehend or get anywhere near. It's this, no one would do that unless they were evil. And I think that's dangerous. I think if you I think if you do that, then it prevents you from picking it apart and figuring out mm-hmm. what, what it's all about. Yeah. Anyway. I got you there. So what scares you now? Ooh, that's um, paying my rent on time. Yes, queen. <laughs> um, paying my bills, girl. I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing. I hear you. I mean, I live with um, overwhelming anxiety all the time. So my my fears, the I think that's honestly probably why I like um, horror movies and working on creep and scary things because I feel like I can let out some of that everyday anxiety that's bubbling underneath the surface yeah, all the that time. builds up and there's no release for. Um, yeah. I felt recently, you you and I both did, and I chickened out before I finished it, but um, the digital experience of Blackout Yes, I'm uh, currently doing chapter two. doing chapter two. And um, But during, cha- during chapter one, I... Uh, I, I, of course, lost my mind and had to quit before I was done because I was so anxious. And then a couple of days after I quit, I went to Scare LA and went through um, your creep preview and a couple of other haunted little areas. And I realized that when, like, you scared me so badly and I screamed, (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. It was like an orgasm. Like, I needed. needed that release. I needed it. And that's what I didn't get with the tension of blackout. Totally. Um. Gotta get that screen. Right? All right. Uh, favorite horror movie of all time. Oh, gosh. We're doing it. I know. I know. I have my top five. That's good. Do it. My top five That's acceptable. are, and I, it's really hard for me to place them in a particular order, but it's Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Scream. I know what she did last summer, Friday the 13th, and um, Halloween. I mean... That's Those, all very uh, sexy. It's really, it's really hard. Halloween H2O is close behind, but I, gosh, I have so many favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Blair Witch was the one that scared, Blair Witch Project was the one that scared me, scared me the most, hands down. Okay. That was my next question, by the way. Scariest Blair Witch for Project, you of all time. Hands yeah. down, I deep in the ground. Scared me the worst. What's your favorite subgenre? I mean, I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I like, I think I, I think it's slasher. Yeah. I think... I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like some ghosts. I love me some ghosts. But there's something about the sort of like a 90s teen thrill of a good a good slasher or an 80s slasher, you know? There's there's something about that that I absolutely love. But I'm loving kind of um, the wave of like dread horror that's kind of happening. We were just talking mm-hmm. about The Invitation and It Follows, which is not a perfect movie, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I love that sort of like feeling of creeping dread. Well, did you get that um, with Daniel and I recently saw Lace Crater? Did you yes. feel I felt that with that movie a lot? I did. I definitely felt that way. I mean, that's more of a. It's weird because it's like it's not a slasher, but it's that. I almost kinda... don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to give right, a lot of it away. Right. But it's 
you know, it's like kind of a little ghost, little body horror sort yeah. of thing that's happening. It's a little bit of a lot of things. Uh, yes, I did. I did get that that sort of like sense of dread. Um, but I think I might go slasher is probably my yeah, answer. That's a great answer. <laughs> Favorite sequel. Favorite sequel probably uh, Scream Two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's the. There's there's some real terrible magic in watching a bunch of dumbass white bitches get their asses cut the fuck up. Oh yes, of course. But I was gonna say about <laughs> um, Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Revenge. <gasps> yeah, I have the poster of it above my bed. So, yeah, so I have a special place in my heart of for course. it. But God, Scream Two is so good. I just never get tired of it. Yeah, I think it's Scream Two. I love that. Favorite franchise. Favorite franchise, gosh, that's a good little toss-up. I think, I, I think probably my favorite sort of killer. This is really tough. Well, that's also a question. Is that so a I'm question? looking for favorite okay. bad guy and favorite franchise. Okay, so Those favorite, are two so favorite, questions. favorite franchise. It's either it's either Scream or Friday the Thirteenth. I think there's something so... and But there's also Nightmare on Elm Street. I know. We have so many great gifts. We have so many gifts. These are our gifts. I would probably say... Uh, I would probably say Friday the 13th because I think it's... their what? There are like 11 films? Yeah. And it's, they're just such summery screams. And some of them are trash. Yeah. But um, as a whole, I think it's the most fun, probably. Yeah. I mean, Jason X gets better every time I see it. Yeah. It's so dumb and so fun. That that freeze, that I know, frozen. the freeze kill. Which brings me to, um, I might know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you answer it. What is the hardest kill for you to watch in any I th- movie? I think, I think it has to be Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I know what she did last oh, summer. Oh, okay. Well, okay. because every time you watch that, you think she's going to make it. Every time. Yeah. Every single time you yeah. think, oh, God, I know she's going to make it this time. Yeah. However, Tina dying in Nightmare on Elm Street is pretty rough. Ooh. Uh, you know what I was thinking you might bring up is... Casey, the... baby. No. Um, actually, I guess I was thinking um, scenario that I know makes your skin crawl. What? Uh, saw 2? Fall, falling in a pit, pit of needles? <laughs> the needle pick just kills you. Yeah, that's, re- that's some really rough stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the most difficult for me to watch. Right. Um, if you could live in any town in a horror movie, which town would it be? That's that's a good question. Um, I mean, it might be. I was gonna say um, Woodsboro, but yeah. But God, Haddonfield seems like some some Middle America madness. Yeah. You might have to, I think you might have to deal with those fashions. I think you have to take into account the time period as well. Because we're talking, if we're talking Haddonfield, we have to say Haddonfield 1978. That's true. So, or, you know, or it's, um, it's, it's Woodsboro 1996, which is really sexy. Yeah, I might go with Woodsboro 1996. Those 90s styles. Yeah, that's, that's, that, 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 that is be my answer. Um, so I think we might have already kind of answered this, but if there's anything else you want to add about this. Um, Who's my favorite killer? Who's your favorite? Oh, yeah. Who's my favorite bad guy? Yeah. Michael. Did we address that? Of course. Michael. But you know what? I have a really special place in my... This is so tough for me. I feel like I'm answering every question with three answers. But yeah. I just find something so comforting about Jason. Yeah. He's a big teddy bear. He's a big teddy bear, and I really love him. But there's also something that feels like home to me about Freddy. I remember growing up, there. Was, I used to walk around my neighborhood and just imagine... 
Freddy being there. <laughs> that sounds weird. But my neighborhood, a lot of woods, but there was, um, I would go for a lot of walks and there would always be these crunchy leaves, you know, br- brushing by. Now you're talking dirty. And I and it would make me think of like I remember going on a church trip one time, and there was like this. We were on I don't know where we were, but we went by sort of like a you know a steam factory that where Sparks and Steam Factory. And and I remember some of us teasing each other like Freddy Krueger's in there, Freddy Krueger's in there, and that was like a comfort to me. So I wanted to keep that feeling with me as I walked around my neighborhood and thinking, like, Freddie could be here because he seemed fun, you know? Yeah. I wasn't scared. I wasn't, ne- I wasn't necessarily that scared of him. Um, well, he's going to keep you company as he kills you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's something very isolating about especially dying at the hands of Jason. Um, yeah. I think with Michael, it's like, you know you could talk to Michael and he's going to, like, listen a little but still try to kill you. And I guess Jason, too. Um, but but mostly it feels like you're going to die alone. But with Freddy, yes. it's like he's with you through well, the Freddy, process. Yeah. You know? All of this being said, my favorite is Michael. Uh-huh. Yeah. Naturally. Um, what? <laughs> I could talk about this all night. Of course. What do you get out of horror? What does it do for you? We kind of touched on, you know, the release aspect, but... Well, I think it makes... It makes me feel like anything's possible. So it's it's that extra little like twinkle or sparkle that can happen in your everyday life that makes that just I don't know. It's that release of wanting that scream. I you used know? to ask people. It's, it's that it's that it's that twinge of sort of madness. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, yeah, it's no. that sort of like twinge of madness that and that's what we that that's what one of the things I love about with creep is one little thing love about working on creep is I'm one of the people in charge so anything is possible and in horror um it's not an everyday situation sometimes horror movies are everyday situations but it's always something bigger something intrudes upon that yes if if that's where you start something comes into it and muddies it and with creep it's like i can uh i can make other people experience that you know yeah do you okay so i I've asked people this question before just in everyday life and I've gotten confused looks before over the years when like I'll mention being creeped out like just being by myself or walking to the laundry room or to take out the trash. Um, I've even called Marshall, uh, our dear friend Marshall Hicks of Boys and Girls Podcast, uh, like because he was here one time when I need to take out the trash and I was like, you want to come with me? And he was like, okay. I was like, good. It makes me feel better. And so one time I called him, I was like, it's dark and, and I'm here by myself and will you just talk to me while I take out the trash? And he was like, mm, sure. Um, and so, but I've asked other people that and they're like, no, like they don't, to me, there's something just as magical as it is scary about feeling like you're looking over your shoulder because sure. someone might be there. For some reason, it feels like it feels like it's you're, it's important. It feels like something is it, like it like pulls you out of sort of like like the mundanity of, of life, paying bills, yeah, and being it, terrified it, of you know, it, like not pulls you rent. out of that. It, it it sort of creates a kind of like fun perspective on the world. It's like Ru, you know RuPaul saying, um, you know, everything's um, you can't take anything too seriously. Right. You know, you can't take life too seriously. Life is one, like, big game. So horror, like, kind of takes you out of all of that. You know, like, uh, who cares if I can pay this bill like somebody's going to murder me right. tonight. You know? Yes. And that's fun. Like, yes. that's so fun to me. So you brought up, um, you brought up Creep, which yes. is what I want to transition into talking Great. about a little bit. Um, so 
do you think do you think there's a reason why immersive haunts have become so popular in the last in the last several years? Because I, I think we could probably date it pretty conclusively back to 2007 I think is when Blackout started mm-hmm. when Blackout did their first show in New York City mm-hmm. um, and then it was a huge hit and then there's been this wave since then sleep of no kind more. of sleep no more of uh, you know all manner of things where people you know it's it's more than you're just walking through um, and someone's jumping out and scaring you and then you're done it's kind of a, an experience where you are interacting you're part of it you're being touched you're you're you know you're being given direction um, do, do you think there's something in like the in the ether of, of the sure. world that's created that yeah you know, it's definitely that? it's definitely like gaining a lot of popularity and more I think haunts. Are, and more, I think a lot, I notice a lot of escape rooms. It's really about, I think, people wanting to experience the next level of anything, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and it's just uh, people wanting that, that that next level of entertainment. Right. So it's kind of like... Where does it end then? I know. Do you think, what's the next... That's, I mean, a, because... that's a great question. I mean, right now, where it's sort of going, which I think is very interesting, you know, it's it's... It's becoming more invasive, which, and I guess people really want that. You know, I was joking earlier with your husband about sort of like the me generation. I roll my eyes as I say that. Yeah. But, you know, people want, people want to experience it all and they want to experience it now. And for real. And for real. Let's make it real. As real as possible. People have to sign stuff, uh, sign a waiver before they come into creep to say, it's okay for you to touch me, do all kinds of things to me. And people gleefully sign it right but you know i think horror and entertainment is moving into something more personal and invasive and we think about you were just talking about doing blackout 21 you know and there's even um a friend just sent me one of the cast members of creep today just sent me this article about an app that's like pokemon except it's ghosts and it maps (gasps) it maps out your house and you fall, you look around your house with your phone, and it shows monsters and ghosts that come up. And not like cute ghosts, like it's supposed to scare Stop. you very badly. It maps out your house for you, and like have ghosts appear behind doors, monsters no. run down the hallway no. towards you. Yes. This is real? It's uh, it's real, and um, I think it's coming out in a couple months. Yeah. It's been, it had been it's been funded, I guess. Crowdfunded. Oh my god! So you know, it's just like people wanting it more and more and more. When this Blackout Twenty One virtual reality experience, they're moving into virtual reality, which is as close as you can come, you know, to reality without you know it actually happening to you. But it's providing it for people all over the country. Yep. So the idea is it's coming into your own home. Somebody was just telling about another haunt. That and this sounds like urban legend, and if it is, great. Where you let them into your house, and they leave things in your house, and the next day they're like, "Look," and they send you a message it's like, "Look in your drawers or whatever," and Jesus. they can, you know, they can come into your house. Yeah. And I'm all about it. Yeah. So, and I also feel like, um, from from everything I've heard about some of these experiences, like alone, and the things that I know about the tension experience, and even Blackout Twenty One, I would say. There are there's so much in it that's that's not necessarily well blackout 21 I think is all about paranoia and fear but 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 alone for example from what I understand sure there are things that might make you feel some somewhat tense but a lot of it is really about some kind of a sensory slash emotional slash psychological sure, experience not that necessarily is teaching scary. You something about maybe 
yourself that you didn't know Mm -hmm. through creating a situation that you've never been in before and and forcing you to interact intimately, not sexually intimately, but just like closely with strangers. Yes. And I, I find that, you know, I, that's kind of the next thing I want to try is one of those where, yes but I'm also really scared to not in a, not in the sense that like I'm scared of a monster, but in the sense that like I am actually scared of myself. Like I don't know what I want to find out about myself. (laughs) I want to know it all. Yeah. So do you think, um, what is it like putting a haunt together in the age where people are so eager to get online and spoil everything? So and 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 how have you dealt with that this year doing creep a second year in a row, knowing that there's always some asshole who is going who ha- you know from last year who's like here are the things that happen in it, which uh, which d- doesn't even come close to approximating what it feels like to actually do it. Sure, that was something. Well, last year when we were creating creep, that was something that we definitely thought about because we I originally had an idea for creep that we didn't end up going with, but that I thought was a little dangerous and fun and I'd never seen done before. And we, th- we thought, well, as soon as the first review goes up, it's ruined Yeah, because it's a big switch that was going to happen. And so we had to change it a little bit. And so this year, last year we were dealing with, um, what, what creep was about was what is a creep, right? Like, and yeah. just different representations of who or what a creep is. Yeah. And so for this year we wanted to explain, where it's much bigger and um literally it's mm-hmm. huge the space that we have and our ideas are bigger and we're not we're dealing with one particular creep and sort of the dangers of getting sucked into the mind of one particular creep and where that can take you and because we have such a big space this year and because the um our experience is 75 to 90 minutes this year uh we're really conscious of making our experience um everybody that went through everybody that goes through creep will have a different experience so even if somebody goes through and writes a review about it and wants to spoil certain things and honestly most reviews last year did not spoil Mm -hmm, anything mm -hmm. for the most part um the person that you went with had a different had a totally different experience yeah and we're really working on that this year and also making it a fully realized experience so from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave and even after hopefully um you're in a completely different world and everything is on purpose right so my hope is that um because so many people in your group will experience different things at different times um that uh that we can overlook that problem. That sounds like it would make for a really fun debriefing experience for your group That's afterwards, what we want. which I already had last year. That's absolutely what we want. Yeah. There are a couple places throughout our experience where we want sort of friends to you know come together and say like what just happened to you? Did what did that person say to right. you? Or what happened to you? And we have a bunch of fun little easter eggs hidden in there. We you know writing this I I just finished the, writing the last words of it today. And writing this, um, you know, there'll be a select few that will go through the experience and will get every piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like a hints of what's going on from the very beginning. And some people will, it'll go over their heads right. and that's totally well, fine. Right. And I think that, um, you know, it's, 
it's like I said before, just just knowing literally like, you know, I could describe to people what happened in Creep last year. Just like I could describe what happens to you during Blackout 21 or Blackout, you know, people have written walkthroughs of the, you know, of like the first year of Blackout, of Blackout Haunted House, which I haven't done. But you read all the things and it's a little bit demystified and you go, okay, these are the things that happen and then it's over. But it's different. It doesn't, it doesn't, te- it doesn't tell you what that experience will be like for you mm-hmm. personally. Sure. And so, and I also think that the people who matter, the people who really care about haunts, and there are a lot of them in Los Angeles, and I know a lot of them, they they wouldn't want to read a spoiler online, no. and they want to give themselves over to... There are always going to be those people who go, well, that wasn't scary, and those are the people that walk through regular haunted houses all puffed up and, like, you know, saying... And there's going to be people like I that. I mean, that's... I know you encounter that, but I think, I think you know, what, what, what makes it worth it are the people who really... They are signing up and they're signing that waiver gleefully while their chest is pounding like I did yeah. and going like, I wish I weren't doing this. Why am I doing this? That's what we experienced, you know, being at, um, we, we were able to be at Midsummer Scream and at Scarlet, which are two big horror conventions in Southern California. And we were fortunate enough to be featured at Scarlet and get to have a mini haunt that you went through. And that, it was so exciting to see people's reactions to what we did there because those the guests that are there are there for that reason yep they want to experience it they want to give into it fully and you see they're rooting for you you, yes you see the immediate reward for me and for them when they really like give themselves over to it you know and that's that's what that's what we anticipate our guests yeah. being like this year. I ex- I knew nothing about what your little preview was going to be like at Scarlet, and I experienced such a sense of wonder, just like walking walking in totally blind. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it was so interesting. We, yeah, we it made wanted me to do want to know what's going to happen right, that, uh, for the full experience. That was the idea. We wanted to do something very different from what everybody else was doing. Right. So we. For those, for those of you listening it. at home, we had a 20 foot by 20 foot box that said, take a peep and be a creep. And we had some little viewfinders and some very weird things happening. In yeah. The, yeah. In those little viewfinders. There, yeah. There were, there were spaces through which as a viewer, you could, you had to walk through and there were, there were circle viewfinders through which you had to look. And there was also no instruction given as to really what exactly you were supposed to do, which mm-hmm. knocks you off your feet do to begin with. Like, this girl just looked at us and said, you can start with that first one. And we're like, uh, okay. okay. And I, you know, I, I, it's disconcerting. And then you walk over and you're like, oh, there's a hole and I have to kneel down and put my face up to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, from the <laughs> beginning, you're like, well, shit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just so thrilling. And it is that, it's that sense of wonder. It's that, it's that feeling you're describing, um, what you love about horror. It's anything, anything can happen. Anything it's magic. can happen. Yeah. It's pure magic. Yes. Well, I'm so excited about Creep and I'm so oh, excited about the Halloween, the upcoming Halloween season. Me too. I, I'm, I've never I been this excited. For it. I've never been this excited. I really haven't. There's a lot to do and see. We'll have to go to it. Well, I know you'll be really busy with Creep. But... I know. That's the only, that's the, that's the one downside of this because I think I'm not going to have time to do anything else. But... We'll, we'll find time. You know, we have show. we have so many shows. Yeah. Come to them. Come to them. Yeah, if you're in L.A., um, just go to CreepLA.com. Yep, CreepLA.com. And um, take, a, take a peek. Be a creep. Yeah. Um, um, and also, from what I, I mean, don't let me put words in your mouth, but isn't aren't the 
early dates a little cheaper. Yes, so the September dates are cheaper. Yeah. So, so we open September 17th, and it runs through Halloween. And the tickets, yes, I tickets are, um, the September tickets are cheaper than the October tickets. So buy them now. Yes. We're starting to sell tickets already. It's so exciting. It's crazy. It's almost Halloween. 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 Samhain. <laughs> I, the, um, uh, the L.A. Haunted Hayride this year... Uh, has a really fun theme. It's like it's like the cult or the or the, something the cult of, of Halloween of, or of, of Samhain. Of Samhain. But Samhain. what bothers me is I know I know everyone's gonna be saying Samhain, Sam which is not right. I mean, you just, you have to get ready for that. I'm kind of a purist. It's fine, but it seems really fun. Like they, they also so. don't don't tell Alec this, although he's gonna hear this when he because I try to drag him to that every year, and he he totally he he is very open to haunted houses which is why they scare him so badly and he'll do it but usually i get i get him to one a year yeah he's the best he's the most fun to be with but one of the things he loves about the hayride is he doesn't have to walk through it but apparently this year i'm whispering as though he's not listening to this right now because i'm putting it on the internet well apparently they say this on their website you're gonna you there are points in time during the hayride where you get off and then you get back on Mm. so you get off and experience stuff and you also there are different experiences like you you i think there's like you could there are two different paths or something and you don't get to pick they like they say you're 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 betrothed to this path or this path and so maybe you know i guess there's a potential for um repeat um visits which is always good when you i mean i went to creep twice last year and i had uh, I had a different time each time. And yes. I have a feeling that's probably going to be true this year. It is. Ugh, I'm nervous <laughs> already. Anyway. It's scary. Yeah. It's definitely very, very scary. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being here, Thank you Daniel. for having me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I could do this all day. You can follow Daniel all over the internet. All um, over the place. There's all kinds of places to see him. He's on Twitter and Instagram at DannyMac769. You got that right. He's got a really outrageously hilarious um, sketch comedy group that uh, they often do super hilarious, like, spooky-themed stuff. Yes, we love um, Halloween. And it's called Mary-Kate Nash Tray. Yes. And it's really, really fun. They, they love Halloween, and they, they do it right. So look them, up, <laughs> look them up on YouTube, and... That's, that's that's pretty much it. That's, that's, Listen I to our goose on podcast. Listen to Welcome to Deadcast. It's a lot of fun, and... It's my baby. Um... Just, it's a great excuse to reread Goosebumps books or read them for the first time, watch the TV episodes, <laughs> enjoy how ridiculous they are, and listen to two people talk about, talk, talk <laughs> very intelligently, like the nerds, like the spooky Goosebumps nerds that they are. That's me. All right. Love you, Daniel. Love you, Kat. Bye. Bye. All right. So there you have it. That was Daniel Montgomery of Creep LA. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of Boys and Ghouls, and we'll be bringing you more like this one very soon. Until then, and as always, beware the moon.